Good day and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. So Donald Trump is the first president to be impeached twice while in office. And now Donald Trump is the first president to be acquitted twice by the U.S. Senate. It is what we all expected, but it's also a development that calls into question the entire constitutional system that's in place to make sure that presidents don't do things like collude with foreign enemies or incite violent insurrection against our own government. The real question is, where do we go from here? What does all of this leave us as Donald Trump somewhat rides off into the sunset? We still have to govern this country. We still have to have Democrats and Republicans work together in Congress to govern this country. That is where we want to begin the conversation today. And joining us for it is Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, who is a Democrat from Dearborn, who represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. Debbie, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning. Good morning to everybody who's hopefully cuddled safely inside their houses between the snow and the cold, (laughs) and it's good to be with you. Yes. Yes. Uh, So before we get into the latest news from Washington, I want to say happy Pushki Day to you. I know uh, that for you, this is a big day. You usually go around all over town hand delivering uh, Pushki to your constituents, to first responders, to members of the media and others. But of course, things look different this year. So tell me how you are marking Pushki Day, given the snow and given the pandemic. Well, we got to keep the spirit of Punch Key Day going. I, we are still, you know, we've got to be very careful, as we all know, in terms of COVID, in terms of sanitation, and how we do things. And quite frankly, most people aren't at the radio stations or the TV stations or where they're normally to be found. <laughs> so um, we decided that we would give our punch keys to first responders this year and to um, healthcare workers. Uh, because they are on the job. They are still there in this snow, in this freezing cold. And, what, and through COVID, they've been there day in and day out. So for this year, we're thanking them for what they've done for the last year for all of us. But we are trying to keep the punchy spirit, which they're alive. Rituals yeah. and traditions matter, yeah. Stephen. They're, they're traditions that are passed down from decades to decades and we got to keep it going so you just figure out how you're going to celebrate punchkey day today as other places do and hopefully by next year i'll be delivering you a fat punchkey so you can die during ash (laughs) during lent that's right okay so i want to start the the serious conversation here with your reaction to what happened last week donald trump was acquitted A second time by the U.S. Senate. This time uh, it was a little closer of uh, a vote uh, or or there were there were some different votes. I guess you could say there were seven Republicans who joined Democrats in voting to convict the president. But in the end, it's just not enough. Uh, You need you need 60, 66 votes uh, really to to. To get that done. So uh, what's your reaction to a second acquittal for Donald Trump? So I wasn't surprised, nor was most of the country surprised. 
it was the largest number of uh, in an impeachment trial of a president, the largest number of members of an opposite party that supported the impeachment. But I, I, the sh I would have been shocked that even with all of the evidence and all of the data, had they voted to impeach him. Unfortunately, this process has become much of a political process as well. But, you know, here's how I'm sort of looking at what happened on January 6th. The, I think the managers did an excellent job of presenting a case, is that it was a wake-up call for America. You've heard me talk for a long time about how we are being divided by fear and hatred. And I don't, I mean, even I was on the House floor January 6th. I heard the pounding of those doors. I heard that, those gunshots. Mm. And I did not really, I did not, I wasn't watching television. We didn't have a television on the House floor or in the undisclosed room we were kept in. So I had no idea what was going on outside or that people had come to the Capitol to kidnap legislators, to hang legislators, to kill legislators. And I think, I hope that's a wake-up call to the American people about what's happening. We got to start to, you know, listen to each other and remember that our democracy is strong when united we stand. But if we keep allowing ourselves to become this divided, we will fail. And that's my hope coming out of the horrific things that happened on the 6th and this impeachment trial. So uh, do you feel like the senators who would not convict Donald Trump, as well as the House members who didn't support uh, impeachment in the first place, aren't taking this seriously enough? I mean, five people were killed on that that day, and thank God none of them were members of Congress, but one of them was a police officer. Uh, all of them were people who didn't deserve uh, what, 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 what happened to them. I, I have a hard time understanding, I guess, what, what it takes or what it might take for Republicans in large number to, to be more serious about meeting this challenge, which, which is we saw it on January 6th, but I don't think that's the end of it. I don't think it just it goes away now. It, it's going to challenge us again and maybe again in a violent way. Well, so first of all, I want to say that every life matters. So any life that was taken, my life is no more important than the life of anybody else. Five people died that day that shouldn't have died. And the post-traumatic stress on many of these policemen, the, the law enforcement really paid a very heavy price for what happened on the 6th. You have uh, an officer that is probably blind. They've lost fingers. They've, you know, we've had two officers that have committed suicide, unfortunately, because the events of that day were so stressful. Um, so I don't ever want to downplay what happened that day. And I don't ever want to say, thankfully, no member of Congress died because that doesn't matter. Somebody did die. The lives were lost. And that's unacceptable to me. But I, I don't, there, I, there is a fear in some sides of what will happen 
if you vote against Donald Trump. I mean, a lot of us are struggling with those that uh, didn't vote for the certification. Do you work with those members? And I know several of them. Do you co-sponsor bills? Do you say, we've got to figure that all out. Yeah, I mean, these are, do we just write off everybody? Do you not talk to anybody? How do you bring people together? So um, th these are very, I, I do believe that there were senators in the, uh, that, I, what did Mitch McConnell do? When Senator Mitch McConnell got up after having voted against impeaching him, yet saying what he did was wrong, mm -hmm. what message does that send to this country? And I, a lot of people said, I mean, I think that Senator McConnell based his on you can't constitutionally impeach a former president. But there were many lawyers that said that you could. And once the vote occurred in the Senate, that you could. The issue was no longer about the constitutionality of the issue. Mm. The issue was, was Donald Trump guilty of causing this insurrection against the nation's capital and people wanting to kill members of Congress? Now we got to find a way. We can't be at war with each other. The American people aren't sending us to Washington to be at war with each other. They're sending us here to solve their problems to fix COVID, to fix our broken infrastructure, to make sure that our kids are getting educated, that, you know, I could go through a list of things that really matter. And we're going to have to navigate ourselves through all of this because our democracy is under fundamental attack. And if this kind of anger and hatred and violence and rhetoric continues, our democracy is in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, Democrat from Dearborn, who represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. We're talking about what's going on in Washington with the second acquittal of President Donald Trump by the U.S. Senate last week uh, after his second impeachment. We're also going to talk about the COVID stimulus package that is wending its way through Congress still and headed for the president's desk probably pretty soon. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what your reaction was to the acquittal of former President Trump after his second impeachment trial in the Senate. Do you still have faith that the system can hold people accountable for the things that we saw on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol? Uh, also, what questions do you have about this new round of COVID relief that is being debated in Washington? Uh, do you think it should include, for instance, a provision to gradually raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour? One of the things that is still uh, in play in, uh, in D.C. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter Put comments there, and we'll try to work you into the conversation uh, that way. Uh, Debbie, the, the the COVID relief package, as I said, is is still moving through Congress. Uh, give us an update on how soon you think it will be done, and whether it will include provisions like this uh, raise in the minimum wage to fifteen dollars. So last week, all of the committees of jurisdiction met. Um, uh, we were lucky. We only went to 1 a.m. Thursday night and then met for another 12 hours on Friday. Uh, Ed and Labor went till 4 a.m. Ways and Means went late 
past midnight a couple of nights. We all worked very hard to do our pieces of the legislation that'll be merged into a COVID bill this week. Uh, next week on the floor of the House will be the bill that we will vote to send to the Senate on a COVID release, relief package. I am very convinced that the House version will have the $15 minimum wage uh, in it, but it'll have many, many, many other things. It will uh, have more money in there for vaccine. We've got to get more vaccines out there. We've got to make sure that the testing is uh, continuing to be available easily and readily. We will have additional stimulus payments. We will have student loan aid. Today, the president by executive order extended the moratorium on people being able to be evicted because of uh, rent or mortgage payments, but there'll be aid there for that. There will be aid to state and local government, which is for our schools, our fire, our police. Uh, there'll be more PPP money. There'll be help for restaurants. Many of the things that we have been talking about will be in that bill. And then we get down to really nitty gritty healthcare things so that we put more money in so seniors or those that are disabled can actually stay in a home setting um, when they become sick. So that bill will pass the House next week. It will go to the Senate. Uh, both Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have said they are committed to having this bill done by March 14th when unemployment benefits run out again. So nobody has to worry about that and on the president's desk and sign. And I believe they will meet that timeline. Mm. Uh, the president has expressed some doubt about this $15 uh, minimum wage issue. Is that going to be a stumbling block with him? He has not expressed doubt. He, th There are some senators who have expressed concerns about it. Mm -hmm. I, I now find myself talking about Will Rogers and the old statement, people with weak stomachs shouldn't watch sausage or laws being made. I think there's going to be a lot of negotiations, a lot of talk, but compromise isn't a bad word, Stephen. You know, where people are going to have a lot of tough conversations in the next few weeks, they're going to listen to each other. Science is going to drive what's in this bill. Science, facts, knowledge. And we're going to get a strong bill that's going to help the American people and is going to defend COVID-19, which is the number one goal, I think, of most Americans in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Anthony in West Bloomfield. Anthony, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey. Uh, good morning, Congress morning. Good morning, uh, yeah, Anthony. I I just think that, uh, you know, uh, the House managers did a, um, you know, a, a pretty good job representing the case. And it was pretty obvious uh, to the common person that um, the president was was guilty and should have been held accountable. But we understand that uh, that impeachment is a political process. So with that in mind, I think we uh, hopefully uh, young people will, will watch, have watched that and will, you know, take that into consideration and become more. Uh, uh, socially active and engaged and help uh, things be better in the future because uh, we, we can't continue like this. Uh, we need to uh, move to the next step and go to and do the hard work because some of the things are 
you know, are difficult, but we can do incremental changes. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, as citizens, we need to be more engaged and to hold our politicians, you know, more accountable because, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get things done. Yeah. You know, the pandemic is first, of course, but after that, we need to, you know, uh, you know, get to the things like infrastructure, things that we can get some common ground on. Yeah, Anthony, I, b- I really appreciate the call and, and the thoughts. I think a lot of people are feeling that way right now. Uh, Debbie, part of the problem in Congress, it seems, is that a lot of members feel accountable to the people who did what they did on January 6th, or they fear those people. They fear that they will inspire primary challenges to them in their in their heavily Republican districts, uh, for instance. So it, it, I feel like the party is in a really odd space right now. It has counted on the votes of uh, these kind of extreme uh, elements for a long time, and it, it it is beholden to them in in some really important ways, which makes it hard then to hold somebody accountable for what they do. So first of all, Anthony, thank you for those words. And I think you are our future and I'm very grateful for them. You know, everybody's different. I'm somebody that does what I think is right, which, you know, and it gets me in trouble sometimes. I don't lie to people. I tell you what I think. I think Liz Cheney was very brave and has had people have no idea of the kind of incredible backlash that Liz Cheney has had. And she's not afraid to do what's right. Um, uh, I, I, I think it's important that people who think that somebody did something right stand up and make it public too. I'm not, not for somebody like me, but um, I, you don't know what it's like to be in the Donald. I talked about this yesterday. I don't talk about this a lot because I don't like to encourage people either. But to be in the, I've now decided to call it the Donald Trump hate tunnel, (laughs) which I unfortunately was in uh, more than once, to be perfectly frank. And the power of that hate, they're not being given facts. They don't know what it is. And that's a very powerful force. Mm. I am not going to be intimidated. I'm going to do what's right because the nuns taught me that that's what was important and that's how I was raised and that's what I bring to my public service. But a lot of, you know, it can be very intimidating to have people in front of your house and people threatening your life and people And I think that some of the people that voted the way that they did were actually physically afraid. And we need to start thinking about that, too, about what's happening in our country, that we cannot talk to each other with respect, civilly, with dignity and respect and disagree. It is a problem. But elections are held every two years. People need to become engaged. They need to stay involved. They need to let people know how they felt, feel. And while one side is very clearly making their feelings known, the other side has to help support people who do what they think is right, too. Mm. And that would be a comment that I would make. Okay. Uh, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, it's always great to have you here with us on the program. And especially on Punchki Day, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Be safe. 
Everybody be safe. Yes. Just stay home, eat your punch key, and don't go out in the ice. That's right. Just look at the snow out the window. It's so pretty right now. It's just very dangerous to be out in. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Washington Post columnist E.J. Dion is going to join to talk about his new piece titled The Beginning of the End of Trumpism. Is that what we're witnessing now that the president is out of office and maybe sort of disappearing over the horizon? Stay with us for more Detroit Today.